Um, this morning's reading sorry, is um, James chapter 3, verses 3 to 12. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our God, sorry, our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. May God bless his reading. We're continuing on with our ugly Christmas sweater series and you'll notice today I've been dressed by a local designer uh, from all the way from France, Jimmy Lamar. Okay, you'll notice um, um, very stylish and um, so, but last week we, as we said, we, we talked about our ugly thoughts and, and what they did to us, and especially this time of year, and how quickly we can think the worst of someone, or or how quickly we can uh, even over over elevate ourselves. And and so this week we 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 want to continue with that idea, steering clear of of ugly thoughts, um, and and because ugly thoughts become ugly actions and ugly words, and and they we tend to hurt other people. And today we're going to be talking about how we use uh, or our use of ugly words. And it's easy to say things to one another that are hurtful without even paying much attention to it. Has anyone ever said something like it was sort of a, a passing comment and all of a sudden someone storms off really upset? 
that's just me. Like, um, I know others have done that as well. Um, like sometimes you, you think it's a perfectly acceptable thing to say. Sometimes we've, we're just playing out, out and out mean. They can't even cover them up as ugly words. But the thing is, God wants to use our world's words to build others up. That's what he intends us to do. Especially as the church, especially as Christians, our words are meant to uplift people. And ultimately, the words of the gospel are meant to bring people to Christ. And words carry meaning and it matters how and when we use them. And so what we need to realize first and foremost is that our words hold power. I suppose part of the the problem is sometimes we think that we have no voice and the things that we say don't matter in the scheme of things. So it doesn't matter how and what we say because no one's really listening. But we need to realize the, the opposite is true, that our words hold power. This concept is one that shows up often throughout our scriptures. And the book of Proverbs consistently references words and the mouths that use them. Um, and Proverbs is full of practical wisdom on how we can, what, how we can honor others. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So here the writer of that proverb basically said, The tongue is, 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 is so powerful it contains either life or death in it. God gives us an incredible responsibility in the way that we speak to each other. Our words hold the power to to do amazing things. And how we speak to one another can be life-giving. Just think about it for a moment. Are there times in your life when someone has spoken into your life and that memory or that quote or that, that, that conversation is then carried all through your life? I remember a number of conversations that I've had with him, with people that I hold important. And, and so I'm not saying that they're important in the world, or that they're important to me. And they're probably important to me because of the words that they've used in and through and over my life. And I've had people sort of um, challenge me when I was very young and, and doing youth ministry to keep on going. And I can still remember clearly where I was, the words that were said, and the encouragement that was. At this point that I was so low going, what's the point and keep going? And that was spoken life into me. There are other opportunities where, where I was doubting God's direction in my life and to have people sort of say, I see God's gift on you, much like Paul sort of said to Timothy. And I went, all of a sudden I'm able to correct my lens. The thing is, the more I thought about this week and about people that have spoken life into me, I'm, I started thinking I'm, 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 I am hopeful and I'm prayerful that I've been able to do that for others. As people have done that for me, I'm hoping that I've been able to speak life into other people that have been able to help them push on and to keep going. The truth is many Christians have the tendency to overlook the simple truth that our words hold incredible power. And it is during this Christmas season when we are surrounded by friends and family and we can do some real damage by saying something that we should keep to ourselves or by saying things that can harm our relationships. During a difficult season like the one we've been over the past year, we need to be even more careful with the things we choose to say. Being Christian means that we need to make an intentional effort to avoid ugly words, and to speak in ways that leave people encouraged. 
See that 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 intentional, that choice, that commitment to saying something that is going to build people up. No, we don't need to avoid sharing the truth or difficult conversations, but I know we can all agree there is a positive and negative way to convey truth to others. Do I look good in this? It's not a question that you don't want to answer. You may want to change the topic. Um, you may want to comment on your hair looks fantastic. Um, but the thing is, sometimes there, are, there is truth that is necessary to say, but we say it in such a way that we, instead of leaving people an opportunity to be lifted up, we leave them broken. In the book of James, we're given extensive warnings about the kind of damage our speech can cause. This one's about Moses. So do you want me to read it out right now, or can I get Dad to read that for you? Um, it's a good book already. So um, now, just just so you know, um, I'm not available to reading the books to all your children. Okay, um, that's not a service I offer. Um, um, there is, there is. I'm not even going to say there's an extra cost. There's no service available. Um, I, I've got reading the books to my kids will be enough time for me. Um, but let's go back to James chapter three, verses three to six. Now we put the bits into a horse's mouth so that they will obey us. We, do, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are great and driven by strong winds, they are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame with such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as, as that which defiles, defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life, and is set on fire by hell. James is teaching us here, in order to stop using ugly, ugly words, we need to, to learn to control our tongue. And there are multiple examples of large things being controlled by small items. James says that horses can be controlled by small bits, and ships can be controlled by a small rudder. Even forests can be set, aside, set ablaze by a single spark. And we, we've seen that in our country. Like a small fire all of a sudden becomes something of, of massive destruction. The same is true for us and our tongues. Though it is small in relation to the rest of our bodies, if we are not careful, they can control us. Now, we live in a world these days, and so our tongue is not the only way we communicate. We don't just talk to people. And so we live in a world where, um, especially over the past few years, we've email and texting and messenger and, and a whole range of other ways of, of, of communicating. But a part of the problem with digital tech, technology and digital communication, it is an incomplete communication. And so what we can do, sometimes we've received an email at work or, or something like that that makes us upset. Or you've re how many times have you received a frustrating text um, and too often our first response is to want to shoot back with a quick email or text or express our anger and frustration. Um, some of us even, like for those who don't know how to use the phones, all of a sudden they use all cap locks and you go, all I'm doing is sending a message with all cap locks. It looks neater. And that may be the whole thing. The person on the other side, they've sent all our cap locks, they're, all, they're very angry or they're yelling at me is what that's meant to mean. And you go, I wasn't yelling, I was typing very calmly and I just put it all in cap. I didn't know how to take it off. And you see how incomplete it can be. 
but then our reaction is the one that is under our control. And so we need to learn how to take time before we even respond in a situation like that. We need to take time to consider what we want to truly want to say, whether it's worth saying at all. Um, am I able to control my words and keep from causing more harm? Or am I going to cause the situation to escalate? Without restraint, our words can lead us into a deeper, into a conflict. So what do we need to do? We need to put um, a leash on our lips. Um, a leash on our lips. James 3.7 lists of all the animals that have been tamed by human beings, but is quick to say that controlling one's tongue is much more difficult than controlling any animal. For every species of beasts and birds, of, of reptile and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. When uncontrolled, our worlds can be evil and can do great harm. And controlling our words is not always easy. It is not something that we can do on our own and we need the Spirit of God to empower us. There are a few practical ways we can control our tongue. And here I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a few questions that you can ask yourself to actually filter what you say and when you should say it. Question number one, will what I'm about to say honour God? Well, what I'm about to say on a God. You're standing with a group of people and you just start you start gossiping about someone. Is that truly honoring to God? Maybe you're you're talking in anger about someone. Will that honor God? Maybe you're not even being truthful with what you're saying. Will that honor God? The true test of our words is the way that they reflect on our Creator. We were made by God to be angels, agents of love in the world and we have a choice in, in participating in that purpose. Second question. Will what I'm about to say honour the person I'm saying it to? First question, will what I say honour God? Will, will what I'm about to say honour the person that I'm saying it to? Again, gossip, lies, anger, frustration, all those things, even the, the, the act of bitterness and complaint that we are speaking to that person, is it going to honour them? Is it going to draw them into thinking badly about someone else? Honouring someone else means that we need to express respect and admiration in the way we speak. And we can ask ourselves how we might receive these words if they were being spoken to us. Again, how we treat the creation says something about how we feel about our Creator. Question three. Will what I'm about to say be something I will regret? Have you ever been waiting for that opportunity to share that little bit of gossip with someone that you've been sharing gossip with previously? Oh, do you know what they've done now? And we, we are hanging on that moment. It's, all, it's bubbling up inside of it because we want to say, oh, they've messed up this way now, or they've said this, or they've taken this, or they've done this. Can you believe it? And we get that whole negative conversation going. And it doesn't bring a blessing to anyone. It doesn't help with your relationship with that third party. It, doesn't, it actually creates an environment where maybe it's not just you, maybe it's a group of friends that when we sit down we complain about everything and all of a sudden it can't be taken back. And now you imagine this for, for a second. You assume 
I'm going to pick on Jack for a second. Can I do that, Jack? Okay. So Jack's giving me permission to pick on. So maybe Jack does something after church, and, and I see him with, uh, we won't be today because we don't have food, but I see Jack carrying, imagine this, five plates of sausage rolls and going outside. Now I then go, oh, Jack is such a gritty Greg. He's a just he's a, he's, he's going to make a guts of himself. He's leaving no sausage rolls to anyone else. And so then I go and tell Noah all about how bad Jack is. Noah, did you see what Jack did? And oh yeah, he's really Jack's a real big pig. He's eating all this, and he took all the sauce with him. Like oh, he's the worst. Now we've said that we're talking about Jack. We're, we're bringing Jack down because Jack has done something so immensely wrong, taking all the sausage rolls out at morning tea. So that's out there then. But then, maybe a few minutes later, maybe 10 minutes later, people say, oh, Jack did a great job. He went around and took sausage rolls to everyone. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, I can't take back what I've said. It's out there. Noah's sort of been involved and got brought into that conversation as well. And all of a sudden, he's kind of going, maybe I didn't say anything as bad as Pastor Keith did, but... I join in that conversation and both of us have actually thought less about Jack without actually knowing everything. And so if I had bit my tongue for five minutes, all of a sudden I would have went, oh, Jack's doing a great job. Good on you, Jack. Instead I said what I did. And, and the thing is, when you think about it, that's a childish thing that we do, but we actually do about with so many different things in our families, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our neighbourhoods. And we, we justify it because we talk about grown-up things. It's not about sausage rolls. It'll be about other things that we do. And we say them and we just don't know exactly where people are at on the other side of that. And once it is said, if we're proven to be wrong, it's something that we'll regret. It's something that we can't take back. And all of a sudden it's out there. And if, 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 if it got back to Jack that Noah and I were talking about him, and saying bad things about him, what would it do? Would Jack sort of feel hurt? Would it damage our relationship? Most definitely. And so we need to get in a position that sometimes we need to, um, in, in putting a leash on our lips, think about the impact it will take. Now, the reason our ugly words are such an issue during the Christmas season is because this time of year is meant to be a celebration of the birth of Jesus and the joy that he brings to us as his followers. Christians are meant to be representatives of this joy, but we sabotage it when we speak carelessly. James goes on to address this more in chapter 3 as we pick it up in verse 9. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brother, brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out both the same opening, both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. Each year Christians all over the world attend Christmas service and sing hymns about the greatness of God. They light candles and sing silent night in churches and they celebrate the birth of Jesus. Why then do many of these people turn right around and say ugly things to others around them? James believes this problem we, we need to, this is a problem we need to address. He says we cannot have it both ways. 
You cannot say you love God while cursing people he has created. As a spring cannot have both salt and fresh water. Christians cannot be so hypocritical to speak out both sides of their mouth. And so we need to learn to speak from our hearts. The words we use are a window into our hearts. They reveal our need for God to transform us from the inside out. Do you ever think about that, that what you say becomes like a, a little bit of a glimpse about what's going on in your life? I, I can very readily see that. When the days that I'm feeling stressed and pressured or maybe I'm not walking close to God, my reactions to things flow out of where my heart is at. And sometimes we can make our words sound a bit nicer by the, the content, of it, but they sound horrible by the way that we say it. Like one of those sarcastic questions like that we ask as parents. Like, who's meant to be cleaning up the kitchen? No kid's ever got to answer that question. Like, they're not going to, they're, they're smarter than that. They're not even going to, like, they're not going to say anything. Like, in my house, I've got four targets. So they're thinking if they don't move, all of a sudden they're safe. They, there's one in four chances that they're going to be missed altogether. If you move as a child, all of a sudden you are going to be the one that I target. So you go, Charlotte, what are you? Why haven't this been done? So I try, I do try and be collective in that. I try and target all of them at once. But the thing is, when we when we're grumpy, all of a sudden, like, yeah, even asking for chores, it doesn't come out in a nice way. Maybe because it is the fiftieth time we've asked them. But that's 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 beside the point. But the thing is, um, we need what we say comes from our from inside of us. Luke 6.45 says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So what's your heart full of? Is it full of the life of God? Is it full of of, of the grace of God and the love of God and the light of God and, and that you're full of the Spirit? Are you full of, of all the things that we spoke about last week as we focus on, on everything that's praiseworthy and excellent? Is it full that way? Or are we full of complaint? Is As we say good things, they be polite and just below the surface in our heart, it is full of the anger and the frustration and sometimes the hate that we feel for different things. Maybe the place we need to begin in changing our ugly words is actually healing inside of us. Sometimes we, we speak out of a broken heart and it causes us to lash out at others. Sometimes we speak out of a hurt heart and it causes us to be cruel to others. It means we have to have an honest look inside of ourselves to use our words to speak life into others. I want to speak from a heart in love with loving with God and in love with people. I want to allow an overflow of my passion for Jesus to be my reservoir for my language. The first place we see this is in our closest relationships. When our hearts begin to lean toward Jesus, we'll see the words towards our spouse, our friends, our enemies, our children change to better reflect his love. In his books, Praying Circles Around Your, Your Kids, Mark Batterson introduces the concept of speaking intentional words over your children. Who do you want your kids to be? Who does God want your kids to be? Mark says, then speak it over them. A friend of mine does this with his daughter and he said 
He said it to her so often that she can repeat it back to him. She believes it. She believes she is beautiful, kind, strong and worth it. Words carry meaning. Um, It matters how and when we use them. So this Christmas, I want to invite you to use your words to encourage others, to lift others up. As we remember the birth of of our Saviour, Jesus Christ, and let that touch our heart in a way that is evident in the way that you speak to others this week. Do you, do you realise when you leave this place, are you reminded again that Jesus Christ was sent because of God's grace, because of God's love, and in it we have a gift that is so immense. And once we let that reality sink in our lives, does it flow out of us? Take a moment and let the Lord bring one person to mind that could benefit from some kind words this week. Make the decision this week to encourage them whether it's a phone call, a text, a handwritten letter or an intentional coffee, make time for it this week. And if you are feeling worn down or frustrated or scared or confused, please ask God to fill you with love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, gentleness, grace, mercy and hope. As God fills you with that, it then flows out towards others. It has been a tough year, but we can choose today to make the best of what we have and express the love of Christ to others through the words that we choose. Let's take a moment to pray. Lord, we thank you for the words that have been spoken over each one of us, the words of your gospel that have brought us to to know you. We thank you for the words of encouragement that we have received. And today, Lord, I I want each one of us to be reminded that the power, there is power in the words that we share. There is power in the words that we, we um, speak over other people and how we encourage and, and lift them up. And so, Lord, I pray that that will flow out of a place where we are filled with all things that uh, you desire for us. And in so doing, Lord, that this week will be a week where our words will, will honour you, will lift others up and draw people to you. And so, Lord, help us to turn our, our words, ugly words, into words of life this coming week. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.